Hello, welcome to Good News Coffee, the pod that brings God's word to you in simplicity, to build you up, to heal your soul, and tell you about God's great love for you, you, the masterpiece of his creation. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 36. Be on your guard so that your minds are not dulled from carousing, drunkenness, and worries of this life or that day will come on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. But be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of God. Praise God. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer and stay alert in it with thanksgiving. So, brothers and sisters, um, this is Ugo again. And um, today we're going to talk about the team, watch and pray. So, God expects us as his children to always be prayerful, to always pray. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus, in that verse that we read in Matthew, he told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So men ought to always pray and not give up. The place of victory is in the place of prayer. So there are a few things I will share with us today uh, about why prayer is so important. The first thing is that God loves our prayer. He actually enjoys us praying. It is like incense to him. In Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 verse 8, it says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. He delights in it. It's a delicacy for him. When you pray, he enjoys it. And in Revelations, it talks about the 24 elders, the incense, the perfume in front of the throne of God are our prayers. So he enjoys it. Revelations chapter 5, verse 6. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into the all the earth. And he came, who, the lamb, and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. That's God. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Can you see it? The incense before the throne of God are the prayers of the saints. So God loves our prayers. 
The other thing is that prayer moves the hand of God. So God, just because God said it, just because it is in his word, does not mean it will come to pass. For the things that God has spoken concerning you, the things that God has revealed in his word, to be brought into reality in the face of the earth, on the face of the earth, you need prayer. Prayer moves the hand of God. Let's look at James chapter 5, from verse 15, 16 to 18. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer, I like a version that says, the earnest fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Can you see it? Prayer moves the hand of God. It says, prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. So he understood from the Bible, from the Torah, that the children of Israel ought not to be worshipping idols. And Elijah read that if they did this, God would shut the heavens. It would become like brass, no rain. And so he called for the judgment of God by asking that there will be no rain for three and a half years to get the people to turn over to God. He saw it in the scripture and he prayed it down. You know, another person that saw something in the scripture and prayed it down is Daniel. You know, Daniel chapter 9. Let us read from verse 1, Daniel chapter 9. In the first year of Dairus, the son of Ahasuerus, a Mede by Beth, who was ruler over the kingdom of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the books, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, that the number of years for the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70. So I turned my attention to seek him. I turned my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and petitions with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. And, you know, you continue the prayer. You say the prayer that he prayed. But see the result. In verse 20, it says, While I was still speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my petition before Yahweh my God concerning the holy mountain of my God, while I was praying, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the first vision, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. He gave me this explanation. Daniel, I have come now to give you understanding. At the beginning of your petitions, an answer went out 
and I have come to give it. For you are treasured by God. So consider the message and understand this vision. He received an answer while he was still praying. So prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer also strengthens you. It strengthens you. So let's read Matthew chapter 26. And I'll read verse 40 to 31. And he, that's Jesus, came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may enter that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Can you see that? So prayer prevents you from entering into temptation. It, it strengthens you to stand against temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. So, so it is important that you pray, you know, to get strength. Jude chapter 1 is just one, one chapter. Verse 20. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying the Holy Spirit. So prayer builds you up. It strengthens you. It gives you strength to stand against temptation. It gives you strength in your spirit to carry on. So it's very important. Another thing that prayer does is that prayer keeps you alert to know the signs of the times, to know what you ought to be doing. It keeps you sober. It keeps you alert. Because remember the, the verse read initially says, watch and pray, observe and pray. So it's not just about praying, but watch, know the signs. And see what happened to this group of people who gave, who, were, who understood the times and they knew what to do in that time. Second, First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. It says, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. And all these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. You see, you understand. Prayer keeps you alert to understand the signs of the times and to know the best course to take. You know, so it's really important. You know, we talked about Daniel, how, you know, because he found out from the books that, you know, Jerusalem would be trodden underfoot for 70 years and then the children of Israel would go back according to the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah. And he began to pray. He knew that, okay, this 70 years has passed. It's time. Let me start praying. That's what understanding the time helps you to do. You know the course. You know what you should do. You know, you, you, are big, you want to take a decision to do a business, you know, and you put it before God in prayer. And say, is this what you want me to do? You know the best course to take. So, so in, in summarizing, so like the children of Issachar, 
who understood the times, the signs of the times, and knew the best course for Israel to take. The question I have for you today is that where are we in God's calendar? You know, these days we see about wars and rumors of wars. You've seen the devastation that is happening in Ukraine. You know, you see that the things happening there are not just ordinary. You know, for the last decades since probably the Second World War, we've not seen any devastation like this. So where are we? What are, what, what are we should we be watching for? What are the signs of the times? You know, and, and, and this is where we go to uh, the Bible. Because God has revealed in this word what type of times we are in and what we ought to do. Okay? So let us go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus began to talk about these things. Matthew chapter 24, and I read from verse 23. It says, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end? Of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars, just like we're hearing in Ukraine and with Russia, you know, we are hearing in the Middle East, you know, with Syria, with Iraq. You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but the end. But that is not yet the end. So that's the first thing. Do not be afraid, okay? That's what Jesus is saying. These things must happen before the end comes. You know, so as God's children, God does not want us to have the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He wants your mental, um, your mind should be sound mentally, you know, not given to fear or depression. He says that these things will happen, but the end is not yet. But if you read through, you know, all the desolations and all the things that will happen before the end comes, I want to draw your attention to that same chapter and verse 14. See what it says. It says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the, in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. So this is what we should be doing. This is what we should be giving our attention to. You see, the children of Issachar were men that had an understanding of the time. They knew the signs of the times. And they knew the best course for Israel to follow. So what is the best course for us to follow? What should we be doing right now? What should we be praying about? You know, we should be praying for peace. Peace in that 
war-torn area in Ukraine, in, in Russia, but beyond them, we should also be praying that the gospel of the kingdom will go to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations so the end, before the end comes. And so let me show you a few things of what we should be praying for. Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. So you know that this is the time for the gospel of the kingdom to go to all nations. What should we be praying? Number one, we should be praying for the reign of the Spirit of God. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 says, Ask for rain from the Lord during the season of the latter spring rain. Can you see it? This is the season. The latter spring rain carouds the harvest. Okay? It makes the ground soft. It prepares the field for the harvest. And that's what the Spirit of the Lord did in the beginning, the early rain. He says, tarry ye in Jerusalem. That's what Jesus said to them, until you be endured the power from on high. You know, that's the same thing that we need at this time, before the harvest. The Holy Spirit going out to prepare the hearts, to prepare the ground, the hearts of the people of the nations. It says, ask for rain from the Lord during the season of the latter spring rain. And the Lord will make the storm winds and he will give them showers of rain. All will have vegetation in the field. Can you see it? And it's not just, you know, in the mouth of two or three weeks, every word is established. You look at Joel. Joel is still saying the same thing. Joel chapter 2. Reading from verse 23. Oh, rejoice. Oh, rejoice, O sons of Zion. And be glad in the Lord your God. For he will give you the early rain for your vindication. And he has poured out for you the rain, the early and the latter rain as before. So the early rain was what heralded the creation of the church when the church was founded in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God caught up with them in the upper room and they began to speak with tongues and everybody heard them in their own language. And the word of the Lord spread from that upper room to the ends of the earth, moved out of Jerusalem to Samaria to the nations of the earth, and the church was established. But before the, the, this gospel of the kingdom is finalized, it reaches to every part of the world. The Bible tells us of the latter rain, the latter spring rain, which heralds the harvest. And that's what Joel is saying. He says, rejoice and be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication. And he has poured out for you the rain, the early and the latter rain as before. And verse 28 to 30, still in that chapter, says, And it will come about after this, that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. I will display wonders in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. 
Verse 32 says, and this is it. This is why we need to pray for the early, for the latter rain, for the latter spring rain. And it will come about that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be those who escape. And the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Can you see it? You see, the latter rain prepares the hearts of men so that their faith is not, you know, founded on the enticing words of man's wisdom, but on the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, you know. So that's what we should be praying for. Lord, send the rain, the rain of your Spirit upon the nations of the world, upon your city, that the reign of the Spirit will come with demonstration of signs and wonders that people can only know that this is the Lord. This is exactly what Daniel did. He found out from the scripture what God has said and he prayed it down. So that's the first thing we'll be praying for. We'll pray for the reign of the Spirit. Let me also uh, um, you know, for, uh, complete this by looking at James. James chapter 5. And verse 7, James chapter 5, and verse 7. Therefore, be patient, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Notice how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until he receives the early and late rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is drawing near. The latter rain. The early rain was what founded the church. The latter rain is what will help us finish this harvest. Take the gospel of the kingdom to the nations of the world before the end comes. So that's what we need to pray. The other thing we need to pray for are laborers. Let's look at Luke. Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, and verse 2. He said to them, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray. Therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Can you see it? You see? So it's really important. That's what we should pray for. That we'll have more laborers because as the reign of the Spirit of God is going to the nations of the earth, doing signs and waters, God is going to walk through men. Men are going to speak the word of God, the gospel, Tell them. You say, how can they hear if there's no preacher? Okay? We need laborers in the field that will go and win souls. Go and win souls. Go and win souls in your businesses, in your companies, in your jobs, in your marketplaces, in your schools. And that is you. Just that there will be more people like you who will go out and preach the gospel. Pray. Pray for laborers. In Psalm 2, verse 8, it says, Ask of me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance, 
and the ends of the earth for your possession. And the gospel of the kingdom will go to the nations. It will go to the ends of the earth. And that's what God is saying. He's not asking you to get the nations to rule. It's to take the nations, to take the word of God to the nations, the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And so it is you. God is counting on you as you are praying for the reign of the spirit and you are praying for more laborers in the field. God is counting on you. You know, the reason why he left us here after we got born again is that we should take that word. Take that word. He says in Matthew chapter 28, he said it very, very clearly what he wanted us to do. He said to us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay? So God is counting on you. And finally, I like to just state this, why it is important to be a soul winner. It says, Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says, Those who are wise shall shine as the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who turn the many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. That's God's dream for you. That you will shine as a star forever and ever. And the people who will fulfill that dream are people who are wise. How are they wise? Because they turn the many to righteousness. They win souls. They bring many to the kingdom. So, in, in summary, brothers and sisters, it's time to pray. It's time to be alert. It's time to watch, observe the signs and pray. Pray the will of God. And the will of God in this hour is the reign of the Spirit to the nations of the earth. And laborers going into the field to win, to finish the harvest. And God is also counting on you. With these few words, I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've learned something. I pray that these words that you have learned today will be fruitful in your life, that you will put it to work and that you will go out there and win souls. And let's finish this work and then bring glory to our Lord. Thank you and God bless you.